Welcome to the Maker Vision Podcast, a podcast where we help you take your ideas from a dream to reality. Each episode will cover topics to help you overcome frustrations we all encounter in our maker community. I'm Trevor Wanamaker, a part-time maker running MakerExperiment.com, and my co-host Stephen Ellis is a part-time woodworker running Old South Woodcraft, and Martina Miller, who's a full-time maker running Naughty by Nature Designs. We've all encountered bumps and pitfalls along the road we call making, and we are using this podcast to help you avoid the same pitfalls. Welcome to the Maker Vision Podcast for episode 35, where we're going to talk about building a following while staying humble with a special guest, the Wood Whisperer. Welcome to the podcast, Mark. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. So how are you doing today? Not too bad. Early start for me, but uh, there's a long line at the Dunkin' Donuts place and it's a whole thing, but I'm here, so I'm ready to talk about some woodworking stuff. You are a very Dunkin' Donuts heavy, heavy guy, I've noticed. I don't know what happened. I mean, it must have been something in my childhood. Uh, it's, it's a thing. It's like a whole thing with me uh, and my wife with this Dunkin' Donuts. But uh, there's some, you know, I think it's, there's, there must be a chemical in the styrofoam, and I'm pretty sure that chemical is <laughs> leaching into it that causes us to you know, just kind of crave it. Because if you put the same coffee in a mug, and it's, it's not really the same. It's, it's just weird. I think, I think it is. I think it is. I, I grew up in the South, so uh, what we have here is Krispy Kreme. Okay, so yeah. we're 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 all Krispy Kreme people. Yeah, there's nothing wrong yeah. with that. I mean, there's a lot wrong with it, but I mean, there's <laughs> oh, come on, it's now. it's bad, just really bad for you. That's all. <laughs> oh, okay. I was gonna say I thought you were gonna say they were bad donuts, and then no, I was no, no. Have oh my to... gosh, the donuts are insanely good. But it's like you know, I don't. Same thing with Dunkin'. I don't go there for donuts. I just go there for coffee. But gotcha. It's all good. All right. So Mark's doing good. Uh, Martina, Trevor, how's how's your week? How's your morning? Good. I'm a little envious of this Dunkin' Donuts coffee thing. I've never had it because we don't have it here. So I feel like I'm missing out on something. <laughs> you know what? It's funny. Real coffee lovers, though, it's very divided. Some people really like it, but it's a light It's a light roast. It's not uh, It's not like Starbucks mud yeah. water. Well, but, Starbucks, uh, Starbucks is really harsh, so yeah, yeah. probably so you, you might like Dunkin'. You never know. Now she's going to go drive out of state specifically to find it's not that far it's only about 45 minutes away there you go so if i'm ever on my way out of town i could make a stop for it what we'll have to do is get some of the canadian or real northern listeners to like ship some some, yeah some timmy Hortons. oh yeah oh yeah well i'm still selling girl scout cookies with my daughter so until sunday and that'll be done i think that's like the one thing fundraiser wise you're allowed to sell because people always want them but otherwise, pretty much every other fundraiser, people just say, uh, no, thank you, or try to run away from you when you're trying to sell them at the booth. So I usually try to run away anyway on the way out of the, the supermarket because most of the time my wife has already picked some up, and yes. that's all I need is more of that stuff. But it's uh, they, they make some good cookies. Yes, they do. Yes. They figured it out, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. What have you been watching this week? Is that for me? Yeah, we, we can yes, let the guest go sorry. first. <laughs> yes, we'll let, we'll let Mark go first. He's the guest. Come on now. Yeah, I just uh, basically ripped through Umbrella Academy on Netflix. Ah, uh, that is for, a good one so far. Yeah, probably over the course of three days, uh, just powered through it. And um, it was it's like anytime they execute a comic book and bring it to life as well as that, um, it just has that comic book feel. It makes me feel like I'm actually reading a comic. Uh, but even better because it's, you know, got sound and, and uh, actors doing cool things. So um, really great series. That was a lot of fun and kind of, I don't know, kind of came out of nowhere. I wasn't expecting uh, Netflix is like that, though, right? They're, they're just pumping stuff out left and right, um, but was super impressed with it. Really loved it. How many seasons was that? I think I'm on season one still. I thought there was only one. Yeah, oh, that's what I'm be. thinking. I, I think it's only. I, think it's, I have not finished it yet, but it is. I'm gonna to have to look it up. I hands I down, it's it is one, probably one of the best. it's been renewed for a second. Maybe yeah, I'm that's sure. That, that's one of those that'll definitely get renewed. That was it was really fun. Okay, yeah, yeah I'm on episode eight out of ten, so I'm not too oh, far. You're pretty from close. What's What's funny? What started out as basically a uh, internet version of Blockbuster has now become pretty much its own production and film company. Mm-hmm. That's pretty well holding mm-hmm. its own against the big guys. Yeah. 
Uh, it's got to be a pretty big threat to, you know, the traditional sort of Hollywood paradigm. Uh, they don't need movie theaters, you know, and that's all that's all part of the system uh, for traditional Hollywood. So it's uh, it's definitely a, a disruptor in the market. What's what's funny is um, in my day job, I do some work with some production companies and things like that. And uh, to see all these kind of independent sort of things show up in Atlanta, mm-hmm. home of TBS, and yet Netflix has dominated the landscape there. There are constantly Netflix shows and, and or movies being filmed. Oh, no kidding. Wow. So what are you watching, Martina? Well, I watch Captain Marvel since we're talking comic books. Now I need to go back and watch all the Marvel movies before Avengers Endgame comes comes out. <laughs> Just to refresh. because I can't believe it's been this many years that they've been going... So now I just, you know, the old, like the original Iron Mans and stuff like that, I need to refresh my memory with. Yeah, this came out a while ago. Mm-hmm. I went through my collection. I have 11 of the 21 movies I need to watch. So it's going to be my, hopefully one a night until Endgame comes out. What'd you think of Captain Marvel? We just saw that too. I liked it. Um, I think it could have been a little bit more action-packed. Yeah. But I think it's leading up to something good. Yeah. She's becoming a big deal, like in the whole Marvel universe, the cinematic mm-hmm. universe. She's going to be a major factor going forward, which is kind of an interesting choice. But um, but yeah, we liked the movie too. It was pretty good. It cracks no, I need me. to see it. Yeah, it cracks me up that people still leave the theater, like right at the end of the movie. I'm like, how do you guys not know there's end credits by now? Yeah, you're missing some important stuff here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Ant Man and, and the Wasp. I. Watched that on Netflix recently, and uh, I didn't. I forgot that the you know because I just let the credits roll through. I was doing something else while it was Netflix, and I thought, oh, eventually it'll go to another show or a movie. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, oh, okay, this really ties into into um, Infinity War. So I was like, oh, yeah, I definitely need to see that movie now. Yeah, that one was pretty good for the most part. Like, there's so many movies anymore. I can't even keep up with watching them between everything else yeah it's tough well the thing is it's you know comic books as as a comic book fan it's it can be frustrating because a lot of times there's just so many comic books they have to they have to print so many books to be successful Mm -hmm. uh and then they have reprints and then retelling of old stories and i'm wondering how the cinematic universe is going to play out with that because essentially they're going to have to adopt the same sort of policy because actors aren't going to be able to continue to do these roles so what happens when we see the refreshes begin, you know, and when you, you, you look at things like uh, reading order, when you go to a new comic line and you want to see, like, uh, what's the best order to read these in? Maybe mm-hmm. not necessarily the, the order they were published. And now we're going to have that with the movies that's already out there. Um, you know, you guys just we were just talking about there's what, you know, over 20 of these movies that you'd have to catch up on if you want to be ready for the current stuff. And you got and you may not want to watch them in the exact order they were produced and, and released. It's kind of crazy. Or you'll watch one and it'll have a sneak preview from a different one right. built into it. Yeah, like, exactly. oh, I didn't even know I had to watch the other one first. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I was, uh, even since Infinity Wars has been out so long, I knew what had happened in Ant-Man and the, and the Wasp. But I guess because it was, I don't, know, I don't know if it was released pretty close together or what. I mean, if you didn't know what was going on in Infinity Wars, watching those last minute or so you know kind of spoilers at the end of ant-man and wasp you'd be completely confused as to what the heck happened trevor what have you i think we got i think we got everybody but you what are you watching what have you watched i've been watching the order which is also on netflix imagine order. That. <laughs> this yeah it's about it came up as witches? like a yeah it's like witches and werewolves it was hmm. i guess because i watched umbrella academy it fell into my recommended and I was like I don't know what this is so I watched the first episode I was like okay like it's not too bad so I think it's one of those things where it's not necessarily like the best show I've ever watched but it's interesting enough to keep watching it at least so far watched about the first 20 minutes of the first the first episode last night and it was a similar thing like i'm like i guess if i have nothing else to watch this would That's, this would kind yeah. of be okay right and i'm done with umbrella academy so i'm like i got i gotta find something else i may as well just watch this so i try to actually pay attention to umbrella academy <clears throat> so the order is kind of one of those shows that's good to have on like in the background while you're doing other stuff right and i think that's kind of where it fell for me nice all right so 
I guess let's roll into the topic, building a following while staying humble. As the three of us that are, you know, normally normally on the podcast, we are all well below well below your your stats as, as as an Instagram person and a YouTube person because I don't I think only two of us on the podcast have a have a YouTube and that's uh, you Mark and Trevor and I don't know how many subscribers you have on YouTube currently but I just checked your Instagram as of right now while we're recording it's a roughly a hundred ninety four thousand followers on Instagram being that big it seems like it could very easily go to your head because we all know people well within our within our social circles that we deal with that have nowhere near that they might be a couple thousand or maybe in the tens of thousands that it has clearly gone to their head and and yet for you as long as i've known you you have always seemed honest and genuine how how do you do that while still be able to build your business and keep growing uh, you know, it, it might be tough to describe because I don't know that it's anything that I do, you know, consciously. Uh, a lot of times these are just people are just kind of becoming who they are. I think uh, when when we're in these situations, you just are presented with a, a set of conditions and you become the person that you are. So this may be just who we are as people manifesting itself in this kind of amplified situation. Um, you know, part part of the thing is, I was afraid you were going to ask me specifically how many followers or uh, subscribes I have, like on YouTube. Um, you know, might be some insight into my personality to know that I don't actually know. Um, I don't watch my subscriber count. I, I I mean, I care in the sense of how does it support my business, but it's not something I babysit. Um, I kind of occasionally will check my uh, followers on like Instagram just out of curiosity because I'm I'm just trying to see like how fast it grows just to get an idea. Of what kind of growth pattern we have there but I don't know the number off the top of my head it's just something I, I would have to look at so uh, I, I mean for me personally having been someone who started this so early um, it's never been about acquisition of numbers comparison of stats um, you know we'll, we'll occasionally celebrate like when we hit a subscriber milestone um, but that's not something that's very I don't know it's not very useful to me I, I don't I don't feel the need to celebrate these numbers I don't think the numbers mean anything I think if you're making uh, quality content and the people who follow you are enjoying it you know you're not doing it for the numbers you're doing it for that interaction uh, to, to make something good and to have somebody else get something out of it uh, for me that's the reason why I do this so if my numbers are high that's great it tells me I'm doing something right um, but I think my numbers could also be higher if I were the type of person who wanted to play some of the the, the games if you will um, on how to perform better in, in these different platforms so honestly, I think a lot of it is just intrinsic to who we are as people. So sometimes, especially newer people come into the fold, uh, they see the game, they you know maybe have some desire for uh, you know notoriety or a little bit of fame, and that's part of the reason that they do that. And that's not at all the reason that I'm I'm in this. I think uh, it's become something now that people see you know the some of these other folks out there as influencers. They they like what they have. They like that lifestyle. Uh, they want a piece of that. And I just kind of happened to end up here um, as a natural introvert who would, you know, <laughs> probably rather just spend time yep. with my family or, you know, myself. Uh, I don't love big public situations like that. Um, I really don't have a whole lot of aspiration to to have a giant audience and to be in front of people and have all these people making decisions based on my buying decisions. Um, but here I am, you know, so it's kind of almost almost an accidental situation. I just don't think I'm I'm the typical um, you know, uh, personality that ends up in this situation. Well, that's, and that's, and that's a good thing. I think it, it shows that you're being honest and genuine, um, you know, throughout, throughout the, the building course of, of where you started and where you're at now. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of, I guess, after you said that, it, it got me thinking, <clears throat> where did you start? Because I'd say, I, I didn't know about you until probably, say, maybe four years ago, because that's really whenever I got into actual woodworking. For years, I had been a carpenter, but watching somebody on YouTube build something doesn't exactly help me as a framing carpenter. Mm -hmm. The only thing that helps me as a framing carpenter is to keep framing. Get on a know? job site and work. Get on a job site and just, just do it. Yeah. Um, because the nuances are, are, are learned on a job site. They're not, wa they're not learned by watching um, that way. So... Let's let's I guess let's go back to kind of where it began whenever it was 
And I know, I think previously you had talked and would talk about you had wanted to start out just building furniture, just doing that. When did it transition to content? When when did it transition to you being, okay, less about selling a physical product and more about selling yourself and your knowledge? That was 2006. So I, you know, between 2004 and 2006, I was learning a lot, practicing a lot, and really forums were kind of the place that I would hang out at the time. Uh, and I was lucky to be in a couple of uh, really good forums with supportive people who encouraged me to, you know, to learn more and to also uh, show other people what I was doing. And in that time, it was like take a couple of grainy photos on this little tiny, you know, uh, cheap camera that we had, um, and either scan them or, if we were lucky to get them digital, put them up, you know, put them up in this uh, forum and just show people here's here's how I did this thing. Um, so I, I kind of really enjoyed that process of showing people what was going on in my shop, but I was really doing that for the sake of learning uh, and, and to become better at what I was going to do because I wanted to sell furniture. Uh, so then, you know, time goes by. It's a very difficult way to make a living. Uh, 2006 rolls around, and that's the point where it was starting to get to a point where creating video at home and putting it in a format in a you know a compressed enough file format that we could pr- you know bring it online enough people are starting to get high speed connections so watching video online is becoming more of a reality uh, rss feeds are really taking off as not just a means to push out you know audio podcasts but now video podcasts uh, and then of course i think the the big thing that really caused a major shift in this is the creation of the um, the video ipod so once that device came out, suddenly people had a you know portable uh, device that would allow them to watch video content from users, you know, and not not it doesn't have to be a professional. It's just whoever has the technology and the the you know the gear to do this can make this video and put it in my pocket. Um, and that was kind of the start of it in 2006. Um, at that point, YouTube wasn't even really part of the conversation. Um, that it, obviously now you can't really talk video without talking about YouTube. It's just part of you know who we are as as content producers. Uh, but at the time, you know that YouTube was the place. YouTube was the replacement for America's Funniest Home Videos at the time. Like that's that's where you go. Oh, this this show doesn't need to be on anymore because now we have YouTube. <laughs> uh, but YouTube very quickly became a huge resource, a great resource for. Um, information, entertainment, and has become the behemoth that it is today. But uh, but it all goes back to about 2006, if we're looking for a date. Okay. All right. That 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 tells me a lot more about it because at that point, I <laughs> uh, myself and Trevor were what we were freshmen, freshmen, sophomores in college. That makes me want to puke. Yeah. Yeah. I was a sophomore in college. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. It's like every time uh, I talk to Cremona, I'm like, well, so what were you doing at this time? He's like, yeah, I was still living at home. So, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I get to be the yeah. old man in this group. That's great. Trevor, I know, is trying to, to, to build his YouTube, trying to build. Well, we're all trying to build a following. I'm, yeah. I'm not on the YouTube track. It's just not really my thing. I'm just now starting to, to realize that videos do good on IG, on IGTV. It helps get a little bit more you know, get a little bit more traction, but it's, it's not my thing to be a content creator. Um, so Trevor, what, you know, as as someone who wants to be on YouTube, how do you, how do you perceive these things? Well, I don't know if I'm the one to ask because I'm not doing that great at it, (laughs) 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 but I don't know. I just try to think of what I'm doing and what I want to put out there and share. And if people like it, they like it. If they don't, they don't. Like, you're going to have put anything out there and it's going to be a 50-50 shot as to whether somebody wants to watch it or not. And I have i won't say that I've always ignored the numbers because I haven't. And sometimes it gets frustrating at the, you know, at the point that I'm at. But anymore... It's one of those things where I'm just going to try making what I want to make. And if people want to watch it, that's cool. If people don't want to watch it, that's cool too. If they want to hate on the video, then I'll probably throw a little bit back. But, you know, it's it's the internet. People, I think, hide behind their screens. 
and you could make the best piece of content out there and you're still going to get people that don't like it. So I think it's one of those things where you have to go into it knowing you're not going to have a 100% acceptance rate by everybody. And I mean, I'm going into it knowing that and I'm, I'm okay with that. Okay. I want to get into more of the, uh, obviously I do laser stuff. So I've been trying to find, I guess, my niche, which has taken four or five years. So, you know, four or five years ago, I, that's how I found Mark. I was like, oh, I, you know, I can get into woodworking. It kind of fits my mindset. I like 3D design. I like all this stuff. But when I was in South Carolina, everybody else was also building furniture and building everything else. So was, we, we you are flooded. We yeah, are you flooded. couldn't find a way to stand out as easily. And then I started doing laser stuff and kind of found a home there that people, not a lot of people were exploring from a social media standpoint. Like people do it for, you know, a business or they engrave for a living but not a lot of them were sharing it on social media. So I kind of just started going that route. And I've done video tutorials for CAD design and things like that. So I'm kind of trying to move uh, kind of like how Mark did with the woodworking of doing video tutorials. But instead of woodworking, it's going to be more a laser design, that type of focus. Whether or not that'll stick, I don't know. But we'll we'll see. So I think part of, of you know, the, the good news is, Trevor, you're kind of early enough on where you haven't had a lot of obligations to, to anyone about specific, you know, sponsored content. You, nope. <laughs> <laughs> you've gotten, you've gotten some, uh, some recent, uh, you know, you've gotten some recent feedback. Uh, you've got people that have approached you recently. I think you just uh, accepted uh, one last night, or you're in the process of accepting one last night, but you have not been, you know, you're not fully committed to it yet, right? You're not obligated? So there's, I mean, there's the ones that want to do affiliate programs. Okay. Um, and it it makes sense for certain products. Like, it wouldn't make sense for me to be an affiliate for, like, Powermatic or, you know, any woodworking tool company, because, frankly, i I don't use them enough. Um, I can't remember the last time I actually used my bandsaw. It's probably been like a year. I told you you could have left all that stuff when you moved you cross country. Wish. You I, wish. I did wish because I wanted that joiner bad. But I, I mean, if it's things that I use, so CA glue, sandpaper, MDF, and paint, those are like the things that I use, or acrylic. So I don't want to, I'm trying to take a page out of, you know, Mark's book and a lot of these other people that it's like, it's cool to have a sponsorship, I think. And it's cool to be able to get paid to book content out, but I don't want to, I don't want to force myself into a situation where I have to fulfill a contract I am not okay with. And I don't want to force myself into a partnership that doesn't flow with what I'm doing. So, like, it wouldn't make sense for me to have a sponsorship with, you know, a woodworking-centric company like Rockler, honestly, because I don't do much woodworking, and I don't I don't think that I'd provide value to them the way they'd want it, and I'd be doing content I don't really want to do. So, I'm trying to be more cognizant and be less about, oh, I just want to get sponsored and be more picky about how I go about doing it if I were to get sponsored if that makes sense I'll be honest guys it's it, it, if I were trying to make a go of it today I don't know how successful I'd be um, because I have some of those same reservations about mm -hmm. taking on sponsorships and one of the tricks with sponsorships and th this is something that I kind of played the game a little bit you know talking back in like 2006 2007 is giving the impression to other companies that you're number one, professional enough to work with, uh, but also a, a good enough resource so that these companies realize, yeah, this is a person worth spending money on. So mm -hmm. how do you how do you do that? How do you get yourself in that situation without taking on as many advertisers as you can or sponsors as you can to say, 
hey, I play ball. Um, you know, if, and, and that's the tricky thing is you have to you have to be very careful about doing that. Uh, but I just don't know if I were trying to make it happen today because of the amount of competition that's out there. How, how do you get noticed? How do you make sure that these companies, excuse me, uh, see you not just growing your audience, but growing your awareness with these companies who are willing to spend money on, you know, ad packages and stuff. It's it's a tough situation these days. Yeah. And that was that was something I was going to ask. Um, I know of late you have become kind of the type on you've become the type on guy for for as long as I can remember you have been you know Mr. Powermatic you've been the gold standard uh, on YouTube but over the years how many how many companies have you actually you know been the face of you know been the face for on YouTube versus how many have you have approached you to say hey we want you to sell X thing and you just you know whether whether it you know being something that's not doesn't line up with your core values or you just don't feel you know right doing it how many have you turned down well we've uh turned down far more than we've accepted um you know we we have a couple different ways of looking at it we sell ads you know i'll do an Mm -hmm. ad if i believe in the product and i think it's a good one i'll you know there's there's instagram ads we could do you can incorporate stories into that uh you could have static ad placement on your website uh, and then there could also be like a one-time deal. We just did something with um, Osmo uh, where I was finishing a table and it just, you know, the finishing portion was something that I could sell as a ad spot, you know, for, for Osmo. Um, it was a product I was going to use whether they sponsored it or not. The thing that what they paid for was me to spend about five minutes talking about it, whereas normally I might just kind of breeze through it. Uh, this was sort of like a one-time thing. Uh, but the ultimate sponsorship for us is like what we call true sponsorship. This is a company who's willing to make a yearly deal with us that entails all kinds of things. It may entail some posts on social. It may entail uh, placement in our videos, like you're talking about being the Powermatic guy. Powermatic has been uh, the one sponsor we've had since about 2007, and we've just had a great working relationship. And it makes it easy because I already had Powermatic to begin with, and I just continue to use Powermatic. So there's there's none of that sort of ethical quandary about like, oh, should I should I promote a company I don't really believe in? Uh, this is a company I absolutely do believe in, and had a relationship with them, uh, you know, very early on. So it's it's easy. A company like Typebond comes along. Um, they're also a very like an old company, and they don't sponsor just anybody. They want to be very selective about who they associate with, as do we. Uh, so with them, it's not like uh, Typebond just suddenly showed up in my shop. If you go back to 2006 and look at my videos, there were bottles of Typebond because that's what I use. That's what, honestly, most woodworkers use. You go to Home Depot and buy some glue. I mean, there's other brands there, but most of the time you're going to pick up a, bite, a bottle of Typebond. Um, so that, that was a no-brainer. It was a very easy relationship to, to you know make more official like that. Now, the, the trick is, and thankfully we've been fortunate not to have to do this, but the trick is when some competitor comes along, let's say Typebond decides to move their campaign in a different direction, and Gorilla Glue comes along and says, hey, we want to sponsor you. Well, if I haven't used Gorilla Glue up until that point, it's a very difficult decision for me to decide. So I'll go through, you know, it'll be a family decision whether or not we do something like that. I'll talk to my, my wife about it. I'll talk to my mom about it. She also works for the business. Uh, and we'll come to a decision on whether it's you know detrimental to our brand to associate with a different brand than the the one that we've been using. <clears throat> so sometimes, you know, you just really got to give it a lot of thought and decide uh, what does it say publicly if I'm suddenly part of this new thing. Um, and, and then I guess I, I, we probably overthink it, to be honest. A lot of people will take on whatever, whoever's willing to pay the price of the ad. Um, and for us, that's just not the case. So fortunately, when it comes to those big, big sponsorships, there's only a few companies who are willing to do it. We've had uh, Rockler in that position at one point, uh, Powermatic, Typebond, um, I believe Clearview Cyclones was in there at one point, and that's really about it. So it, it's something that's not going, it's, it's too expensive and too broad stroke for a lot of these companies to, to do because in a lot of cases, it's probably better for them to, to take 12 makers of a certain level uh, and distribute the funds to them all the way across as opposed to taking that same amount of money and giving it to one, you know, wood whisperer guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So okay. it just it depends on where they're at with their strategy as well. But not many companies are willing to go to that level. Um, but honestly, man, I, but just about every day I'll turn down, you know, things on Instagram. Actually, Instagram for 
some reason is where we get a lot of requests from. Um, but if it's something, uh, you know, we turn we turn down a like a three thousand dollar Angry Birds ad. Um, <laughs> you know, I sure I'd love to have three thousand dollars in my pocket, but for an Angry Birds ad, like. I played Angry Birds, you know. But just it's throw like, a bird at your Typhon glue bottles and yeah, there you play go. bowling. But I'm just, not gonna... just have Dougie just constantly just like chew up a, a pig thing. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I can all... see how that wouldn't fit. Yeah, it's a hard sell, right? Like I could do it. I could get away with it. Other people with, you know, big followings will do ads like that. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, is that who we are now? Like, no. I mean, maybe if it was a woodworking app or something that was like a cutlass generator something that i really i tried it out it's great i think you guys will like it too that i could probably see myself doing at some point if the price was right and the situation was good but angry birds yeah no, so, i love love the game guys but i'm, I'm sorry I, i'm not going to be able to do it so that brings a question up in my mind is when you're when you're thinking of taking on sponsorships or you're approached with deals when aside of just the business side do you go through and think, or how does it affect, um, you know, my following is going to see me promoting this, and how does that affect your decision? Like, because you know that as soon as you say something, some of them are going to take it as gospel. You must have that. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, there's other people that are like they have they will know. You know, I'll do my own research and whatever. But there's are some that they buy into you. And because they buy into you, they buy into what you like and what you use. Because you've always you've always been good at promoting brands that have good values, have, you know, a good relationship and make a good product. But how does that I guess play into the whole process? It's kind of everything, you know, I have to think about that. If if it's a new product, I have to be very careful to make sure that I have enough experience with it um, to be able to tell people about it because I, I I don't take it lightly. I know it's a very big responsibility. Um, even though I kind of still see myself as just some goofball in a garage playing with tools and talking about them, and I have the right to get excited about something today and then decide I don't like it tomorrow, mm-hmm. you know, just, just like everyone else does. Um, there's times you, you think something's great, but then, you know, we were talking about TV shows. How many times does a season start off fantastic and you're telling all your friends about it and then it just drops off midway. You're like, wow, this show really sucks now. Um, you get more experience with something and you might change your mind. So it's a little bit more difficult when you have the responsibility of people who are taking your word for these things. Um, and your, the, your little ad that you do is actually just one little moment that you've captured except for you know thousands of people have now seen it and even if you change your mind it's not like you can go back and update that that video that you did necessarily um, you'd have to do a whole new video about it to tell people the updated information so it's a huge responsibility so I, I think about that a lot um, I, I try to put myself in the shoes of someone who's following my feed scrolling through and they go like why is mark advertising this like this mm-hmm. makes no sense um, so yeah, I, I absolutely the, the way that I mitigate that is by using products that either I already have tons of experience with, um, by approaching companies myself. It, it, it's funny we get lots of offers, but in fact most of my advertising deals come from when I'm using a product and I really like the results and I see an opportunity, I go after them. So this recent one with Osmo was a great example. I've been experimenting. I've been also a naysayer of of their products for a while, not just Osmo but Rubio. Um, just as someone who has like an old school uh, kind of background in education and finishing, some of these finishes that are newer to the woodworking world um, are a little bit hard to believe. They're almost too good to be true, how, how easy they are to apply. So I needed to spend some time, like a year, using these things to prove to myself that they work and in what context they're, they're really good for. So finally, at a certain point, here I am finishing a table and I'm you know, just sitting in my office. I'm like, oh, you know what? I wonder if Osmo would do an ad. You know, I've got the footage here. Maybe I can get them to, you know, to sort of buy into this. And that's how that came about. I approached them and actually had to work to sell them on it because they don't normally pay for advertising. Um, so they, they were a bit of a hard sell, but I explained to them that I would, you know, this is obviously not you guys coming to me. It's me coming to you because I had success with this product. And it would, you know, just made that much easier uh, telling people about it. And I feel good about it. So you, you're not always going to be perfect, but I think if you sort of, plan that way and, and kind of have your rules about who you'll work with and who you won't in terms of like, I have experience with this product or I don't. Um, as long as you're honest, 
this stuff actually is not, you don't have to really think about it that much. It's just going with your gut most of the time. Because you approach them, how how did you even know how to start doing I mean, obviously, you've you've dealt with other companies, but how do you start that process? I mean, I know Johnny Brooks has said you find the, the press releases and you kind of try to reach out to the press person, mm-hmm. but was there like a, a better path or, a, I guess, a more direct path? Yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, I'm in a very fortunate situation. I've been doing this for a while, so mm-hmm. most... Most companies who have like a social media presence in the woodworking world, um, if they're not totally familiar with who we are, they probably have heard of us. So it's not something that I, and here's the thing, I don't actually spend much time pursuing companies. It's only when when I have like a situation that I think is particularly good, um, then I'll go for it. That Uh, makes sense. But otherwise, we kind of just, you know, we've got our regular sponsors and anything extra that comes in, we consider it. And sometimes we, we run an ad with them. Um, so I don't really worry too much about, you know, going through press releases and looking for contact info. Um, anything I've done recently when it comes to contacting these people has been through Instagram. Uh, and, and a lot of times I have a prior conversation with them. So I, I had an issue where my, my daughter had marked up uh, our coffee table with Sharpie and it was finished with Osmo. So I think I posted something about that in the story and Osmo wrote to me and said, hey, we have this... Um, maintenance oil or i think i think that's what it's called some kind of a a cleaner uh, type material that you could put on top and they said that'll take the sharpie off so there was already a a, you know at least some contact with them that when a couple months later i go hey guys i got this idea someone was there to to answer it or at least get that message to the person who can make a decision on it cool so i actually need to to duck out unfortunately but i want I'd like it if you guys can continue. Uh, but I wanted to thank you for coming on and responding because most, let's be honest, most people that have the following you do don't <laughs> typically respond. They're, they're um, not, they're not, not quite as, not hum- as humble as the wood whisperer. So that's, 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 that's always been a good thing for me is, you know, you post a lot of stories. A lot of them are a mix between what you're working on the shop and family things, which kind of leads me into my next thing. But, you know, especially whenever your daughter or your son does something kind of ridiculous or yeah. Dougie or Millie are doing something, you know, just there's dogs being dogs, you know, <laughs> yeah. and I, I'll respond with a funny message. You're usually very good to, to respond back, even if it's just a ha-ha, yeah. you know. So you've always had that connection with us little people, even though you're someone that has such a mass following. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I mean, you guys, you guys aren't little people. You're people. And, uh... It's very hard for me. This is maybe old school thinking because I know a lot of people, like you said, who, who have the follower you know numbers that I do, they don't respond because they can't. Mm-hmm. They don't have enough time. Um, but somehow, you know, especially on Instagram, when someone takes the time to write something to me, it, I, I can't fathom just being like, meh, don't have time for it. Like, yeah. it's weird. I, I have to. Like, I feel then there's times where some there, there is the occasional time where someone will write a book the huge question and I just I'm so busy right now I know I'm not going to get to it I feel so bad that I can't answer this but I have to let it go but that's yeah. a that's a very very rare thing um, I just feel like people taking the time to contact me and write something they should get some kind of a response if, if I'm physically capable of giving one I, I try to well thank you it, thank it you. meant a lot to me yeah. Oh, I'm glad to do it. I got two. Uh, I got two sweet signs out of it. So that is true. I, I can't complain. Yeah, they are nice. They are very nice. We uh, we got to, we got to see some. To get you on the podcast. Yeah, that's really what it was. I was that's like, I want them on the podcast. That's how, how you get people's attention. Him? Yeah, you make yeah. them something cool. There we go. Providing that's value. Little... Right there, you go. I think that's probably how you've been able to grow your following and everything. That you're able to stay personable and everyone feels like they know you. Which is a good thing because a lot of accounts, they don't even have to be as large as yours, but they start to grow and they get arrogant and big headed and they, it's all about content and feeling like, hey, you have to buy this product because now they sponsor me and no one talks about you like that, which is nice. Like, I think that's definitely something to aspire to. That's good to hear. I mean, I just, uh, the funny thing is I think of social media, like to me, the magic of social media or or the purpose of it for me is to, to sort of present me as a person and a lot of that behind the scenes stuff. Uh, A lot of times, you know, you'll see accounts where it's really just 
their image of like who they want you to think they are. So it's just me in the shop at all times, and it's it's every you know, and that's fine. Everybody has their own you know journey that they're on. Uh, for me, social media has always been about giving you the little bit of an inside look, you know. So you will see the, the stuff of my dogs. You'll see my kids. If I think it's a funny moment, um, I want people to be able to relate to who we are as a, a business and a company and individuals. Um, so there's a lot of people who who like they love our dogs so much that we're like, well, we got to get this dog an Instagram account. So so Dougie has his own Instagram account now, you know, and it's um. That's probably but, what I need to do too. Yeah, I mean, it's everyone it loves my easy. dog more than the stuff I make. So right, exactly. that and your mom. Your, yeah, my your mom. mom yeah, has so my her own Instagram. So how you said your mom works for the business too, my mom. So I would I do all my business out of the garage, but um, my mom lives in a casita in the backyard, so she's always okay. like peeking her head in and then i'll try to get her on stories and everyone's like i love naughty mom so much she's the best and i try to convince her to like come on instagram more often or start her own and she's not having it so i think she (laughs) i think she likes that she has a fan base and just makes her like cameo appearances from time to time special guest on the show well that's the thing stories is i mean it's kind of in the name you're just telling an additional story and whoever you are and whoever you want to be you can use that medium to tell that story. And for me, it's it's not just woodworking, but it's family and stuff that goes on in my house, uh, stuff you're not going to see anywhere else. Um, but it, it, I do get a little bit like disheartened when I see stories used aggressively for advertising purposes, um, where I'm just like, oh, it's like it just makes it dirtier, you know, <laughs> like I don't enjoy it as much. It's just a personal, it's a flaw yeah. on my part, but it bugs me. You know, I, I want to keep some of this stuff pure as like, give me the true behind the scenes. Let me see who you are as a person, not this image you want to portray. Right. Um, you know, exactly. Which, which means you don't always have to, you know, have an ear to ear grin on your face. You you could be like, man, today was kind of a crappy day, but uh, here we go. Like, it's a little bit of that reality TV without actually being as fake as reality TV. Right. Very true. <laughs> Very true. No, no Jersey Shore on Instagram. Right, yeah. yeah we got enough of that crap on TV. That's what we've tried to talk to our audience about, the listeners on the podcast, too, that, you know, that people just put on social media what they want you to see and believe, but that's mm-hmm. not how it really is. So, you know, stay yeah. true to yourself. Have those honest moments. Like, not everything is always a su- successful build. Like, you know, right. mistakes happen and everything. So make sure yeah. you have an even balance of the achievements and the fails. Yeah, absolutely. Failures are one of my most popular things. Like if I post it on Instagram or if it's just part of a video, uh, we get more attention for, uh, you know, fessing up to a problem, especially if you show them how to fix it and how to recover. That's hugely valuable to people who are making things. Uh, So it's something that like when I don't do it on purpose, but when I do make a mistake, I'm kind of like in the back of my mind going, yay, this is going to be a great, you know, series of pictures. This will be fun. (laughs) That's a good attitude right there. <laughs> it's a good way to turn uh, lemons into lemonade. There you go. Yes. Yeah. And and I was going to go back to the to the whole family thing. Um, is I I don't know if it's if it's my upbringing or if it's just you know how I am in general, but the people that do bring their family into their into their making, they bring their family into their life. Especially, I didn't realize that it was, you know, because I know it's you and Nicole. I didn't realize your mother was so integral to the business either. I rem- I know from stories and from from Friday Lives that your mom helps a lot of times with the books, with getting the books in and out. When yeah. you were still doing the uh, the Wood Whisperer thread taps, she had a lot to do with shipping with those. Oh yeah, yep. So to me, I think that helps that helps keep things both humble and real for for people on you know on this side of it. Yeah. Um, I'm all about supporting, you know, family business. I'm all about supporting people that try to keep things small. You know, certain companies they can't they can't be small. Titebond, who knows how many employees they have? They probably have, you know, well over, you know, 100 at least employees because they they put out that much volume. You have to have that many people. Sure. But um, there's a product that I that I push all the time. I'm not sponsored by by them. I'm trying to figure out how to get to the point where I can be sponsored by them, but Evaporust Oh, Listeners yeah. on the podcast probably hate that name at this point, but to me, it's it's a good product and it's a good company. And they have like ten, maybe a dozen employees. Mm-hmm. Um, the owner, the owner's wife, um, it runs social media. So I mean, it's it's you get to see things from both her perspective as 
you know, someone very high up in the company, but also her, her perspective as my husband started this in a little garage in the late nineties. And now it's grown to this, you know, this big thing, yeah. even though it's still, you know, it's still a very small business, but it, their product is everywhere. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's just nice to, it's nice to see that and to see that you have, you know, your family, one working for you and two that you involve your kids in a lot of things like whenever your son comes in the shop and wants to build you know just build something out of scraps i think i think yesterday or the day before in your stories your daughter was getting ready to go to school but she had on her safety goggles she was right there (laughs) next to the jointer i think even though the jointer is like still six inches taller than she is um but you know what she had on them safety goggles and she was she was ready to do something yeah oh yeah but it, it's it's quaint, you know. I think it's it's fun to see these small family businesses thrive. And I mean, you look at a company like you know that's making a product, like you were talking with Evapor Rust. Um, yeah, it just happens to be a small company, but they're they are probably getting bigger and bigger, and they want to be bigger. Um, what's interesting with a, a lot of us uh, who make content, um, I think I think let's put it out there. I think people, especially the the higher you know follower people, are doing pretty well for themselves, and they're making you know a very viable good business with you know a high profit margin and are able to keep it as this f- small family you know fun cool experience uh because it, it really is based around personalities uh which is kind of an interesting unique way to make a living doing something like that so it kind of behooves them to show off their husband their wife uh their kids their dogs it's it's just part i think of the appeal of why people would want to follow these these folks on on social platforms and watch what they do um, there's so much content out there these days. I think we've gotten far beyond just show me how to do something cool. You know, a lot of times now it's show me how to do something cool and make me smile while I'm watching. You know, and that's, yeah. uh, that, that's part of it, part of where the family stuff comes in, at least in my opinion. I think it makes it more relatable too. I mean, it's you can go to, you can go to school, you can go to you know you can go to a variety of different instructional schools and learn things. Mm-hmm. But to watch someone interact, not just going, hey, all right, so we're going to make a sliding dovetail in these two pieces of cherry right here. This is how you do it. But to to literally watch them work through the progress with another person or a group of people just brings that interaction just so much closer to home. It, it feels it feels like it's kind of almost in your home yeah, when it, sure. when that happens. Um, it's funny, Mark. I had texted my uncle, who's into woodworking, who per- like gave me my first set of like power tools and everything. I was like, "Do you know who Mark Spagnolo is?" And he said, "Yeah, I've watched his YouTube videos and I've learned so much from him." And <laughs> I said, "I'm about to sit down and interview with him." And he's like, "How do I listen to this?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so that's awesome. I, was, I sent him the link, and I was like, You'll, "It'll be available Wednesday." So it's yeah, very cool. Yeah, we occasionally get that too with. Um... Just people will meet like uh, through, I don't know, my kids at school will meet like uh, another set of parents or something like that. Um, and they don't necessarily know who we are because they're not, they're not woodworkers. Um, but they'll talk to an uncle or someone and they'll go and that person will be like, wait a minute, you're, you're going over Mark Spagnuolo's house to, to hang out with his kids? He's a celebrity, <laughs> like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's so because I, I don't, I definitely do not like walk around like anyone should know who I am. It's, it's always a surprise to me if, if someone recognizes me, but uh um, it is funny to hear that there's always like the, my uncle or my grandfather or my dad watches you. <laughs> so sorry, I'll take it. I like it. It's very cool. All right. So I do, I do have to ask one thing because I'm, you're, you're very well known for having a large collection of comic book related shirts. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever wear your own shirts out in public or you just, you just can't do it? Uh, my own brand? Yeah, the Wood Whisperer in, oh. or the uh, Guild shirt or something, just just because you didn't realize you grabbed it that day. No, the only time I will do that is if I'm maybe doing a trade show, um, if I'm actually on location somewhere signing books. I do it for identification purposes, in a way, um, so that, it, like, for instance, IWF last year, I was at the Typon booth uh, signing copies of Hybrid Woodworking. Um, and I'm standing there, and I know this is a deep-level trade show, um, so I have no reason to expect that anyone's going to know who I am, uh, but if they do, that's great. So I figure that's probably the time, if I'm going to wear a shirt that has a you know, Wood Whisperer logo on it, that's probably the time to do it. Um, but outside of that, uh, I don't know what it is. I have a very visceral reaction to wearing my own brand. 
Um, I don't know why. Uh, I don't. I don't work in a customer service oriented fashion where, like, you walk into a department store, you need to know who the employees are. So they wear shirts that have the logo on it. Um, I don't feel like I need to do that, and it feels very awkward um, to walk around with my own brand on me. It's, uh, it's again, just another one of those personal quirks of mine. Um, if I really analyzed it, I might figure out where it's coming from, but I, I, I don't do it at all if I could avoid it. Okay. Yeah, I was I was just wondering because I know having come off a of workbench con, you know, just just several weeks ago, there were a lot of there were a lot of people wearing their own shirts, but there's also plenty of people wearing shirts for other makers there. Mm-hmm. Um just just because, you know, because they See, like that, to wear maker shirts. That I would do. Um and if I were at if I were at that conference, I I mean I could see why people do it because we have so many there's so many of us and it's hard to keep everybody straight. And you may go, "Oh my god, I recognize that person's face. Who is that?" And if they were wearing their own logo, you might go, oh, now I know who that is, you know, and you could identify the person. Um, so I could see why they would, but, you know, even at an event like that, I'm I'm actually more excited to show off my newest Spider-Man shirt or my newest, like, you know, smart-ass comment shirt uh, <laughs> than, than, than to just show my own logo. I, I just like making people laugh, and my logo isn't going to make anybody laugh. I did, I did actually have that moment right as we were registering. I was in the the A to K group, mm-hmm. and then there was the L to Z, you know, whatever. Um, I just happened to be standing right next to Andy Klein, and we just, we had conversed. I had no idea what he looked like. Oh, I no had kid. been talking to him for like 10 minutes, because normally, I guess whenever I see his stuff, it's never his face. It's normally yep. the, you know, his his turbo vice, the wood, you know, the the taps, the, that crazy dresser set of shelves thing he worked oh, on yeah. forever. You just you know wow. you don't you you're not used to seeing someone's face and he goes yeah my name's uh my name's Andy Klein I'm like like the Andy Klein the 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 vice <laughs> guy he goes yeah that's me I'm like okay I totally didn't even realize who I was talking about. I was like I yeah. had no idea you know but Andy Klein you know he doesn't have quite the following you do but he does have a lot of following mm-hmm. just you know he was he was very humble he wasn't hey I'm Andy Klein nice to meet you it was just. My name's Andy Klein. I, you know, I, I, I build stuff. I, I, I like to, I like to tinker around with things. Andy's a great guy. Uh, our kids are friends, and uh, we, we actually are overdue to hang out and get the kids together. Um, but a lot, I mean, in a lot of these cases, even the people who we might suspect as being like very full of themselves, where instead of showing their work, most of their posts have their face in it for whatever, like that's doing whatever they need it to do, so they do it. Um, they're still just regular people and you get them offline and you start to realize like everybody's just trying to make it happen. Um, you know, and somebody like Andy is as brilliant as he is and as successful, like he is humble, you know, and he's a perfect, like him and his wife are fantastic people. Um, but I've seen some comments even to Andy, uh, just because he comes up with ideas and people think that, um, ideas started in 2006 when YouTube started, um, (laughs) when in reality ideas actually happened before that too. Um, yep. So I see a lot of like attributing, they'll, they'll just, the things he invents, they're like, oh, so-and-so did this, blah, 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 and they get really nasty with him, and it's like, you just got to look at the person behind this too sometimes, and just, like, he's just a regular guy trying to make a go of it, like, he's not trying to copy anyone's work or hurt anybody, he's just trying to make products that people might want to buy and might make their lives easier, you know, he's just, he's, he's a good guy. Yeah, I mean, Twin Screw Vice has been around for a long time, Veritas makes a very nice one. Mm-hmm. But it also is quite complicated to install, mm-hmm. whereas his seems less complicated to install. So that's what he was attempting to do, make mm-hmm. something that does perform well, but let's try to make it better. I mean, that's yeah. and that's and that's, you know, what he that's what he was trying well, to do. And ultimately it works better. I mean, I used it, yes, <laughs> I, I used it yesterday on the show. It doesn't rack. It's very fast. I mean, there's advantages to it. it is, you don't it is, have two handles to run into as you're yeah. planing and just catch you right in the hip. Yep, or smack into each other constantly. Yeah, that, that's yep. He made a better mousetrap, is what he did. That's and that's and that's all. I think that's all a lot of us are trying to do. Mm-hmm. But there are some people that their mousetrap is is from you know is is more neck up. It is mm-hmm. is just kind of look at me, look <laughs> at my persona, as opposed to look at my hands and what what's coming out of my hands to produce X thing, yeah. or coming out of my brain to produce X thing. It's an interesting thing to watch. I mean, I, I follow plenty of people who take lots of, you know, selfies, and that's just part of 
part of their routine and what they do. Um, I don't particularly love the way I look on camera. So it's, you know, I don't think people follow me because they want to see my face. Like people are following me because they want to see what I'm building and, and what I'm interacting with. So, you know, 99% of my feed is going to be stuff and not me. That's just the thing that works for me. Um, I, I don't understand the mentality of the, the selfie thing. and But I think a lot of it is generated from just this classic influencer uh, sort of, I guess you can call it a trend maybe, but it, like the influencers becoming a viable thing, a viable way to make money. Yeah. Part mm -hmm. of influencing is the personality, and the personality comes from showing your face a lot of the time. It's, you know? it's, it's selling yourself more than it is selling a product at that yeah, point. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, it just depends on your strategy and how you want to do it and how much you like seeing your face in your feed. <laughs> and me, I'm just like, oh, I don't know. I don't, people don't want to see that. <laughs> no, my face is kind of made. My face is more for, like, radio, have a face for radio <laughs> yeah, exactly. sort of a thing. Yeah, I, jo yeah. I join you in that club. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting probably up close to about the time we normally, you know, we try to hold it right around an hour. Okay. Um, after talking through this and kind of thinking back on your, shoot, well over, you know, well over a decade's worth of being a content person, being, you know, being both a face and a name, is there anything you can tell people that, you know, that want to be more content driven as opposed to being, you know, as opposed to being necessarily product driven? Um, how, what things to look out for to, to try to maintain your humbleness? Well, I mean, I think that a lot of the advice I may give people is antiquated, um, because it comes from a mindset that began in 2006. Um, and a lot of the advice I give works for me because I'm in a super fortunate position to have momentum. Having started so early, I don't necessarily have to play any games. I don't have to post things that I don't really want to post. Like if someone tells me, Oh, do IGTV because it's going to boost, you know, the algorithm is looking for that. But if I wholeheartedly hate taking vertical video and I don't want to crop horizontal video, which I, you know, is the way I normally shoot and the platform just doesn't work for me, I'm not going to go out of my way to do it, you know, but someone who is, is trying to climb the ladder at this point, it might behoove them to do that. So, you know, part of my advice is not to give in to all these little algorithm changes. Um, you know, if Instagram lets you do 20 hashtags, you don't have to do 20 hashtags or however many it is like do the hashtags that mean something you know keep it simple and and focusing on hashtag strategy is another moment that I'm not focusing on being a better woodworker um, but again the strategy that works for me may not necessarily be a strategy that's gonna work for someone who's trying to climb the ladder um, and be noticed out of a group of just you know thousands and thousands of other people making stuff um, so that said I think you know ultimately just it's, it's really being true to making the stuff you want to make, uh, you know, producing the kind of content you want to make, and don't necessarily be the little boat that's pushed by the current all the time. Um, you want to be the, the larger boat that's set on a course, uh, and you want to pay attention to the currents, and you want to watch where they're going and where they're trying to push you, but you don't necessarily have to go with each and every one of them. Stay true to where you're headed, uh, and just kind of let some of these other influences come in, consider them see how they do and then make a decision later nothing's gonna you know it's not gonna hurt you to wait a little while before jumping on a new trend or a new algorithm requirement you can just kind of see how it all plays out before jumping into it it's when you see people jumping in you see people commenting on your stuff because they know that if they do it boosts the presence of their content in your feed and it just becomes so fake and I, so I would just encourage people not to give into that. I know it's hard because that's all part of this, you know, goosing the system and this growth pattern that everyone's trying to create. Um, but ultimately, I just think if you're in it for the long haul, you don't necessarily want to give in. To, you'll drive yourself crazy and you'll stress yourself out and you'll burn out um, if you're trying to follow every little piece of advice and every little trend like that. So honestly, I mean, it's maybe it sounds goofy to say it, but like stay true to, to, to who you are and consider are you able to keep this up for the next 10 years are you in this for the long haul you know and if, if the answer is no if you if you don't think you can keep up this kind of pace then slow down do something that you can keep up with so you don't burn out i think that's great i can't even consistently post on instagram for 10 I, days so for 10 years I, I, you know <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's i think that's some of the best advice that we we have ever been given um because you know most i think most of the advice that we either try to share that that you know has been given to us has been people that 
you know, they've been quality people, but they just haven't been at it as long as you have. I mean, you've just clearly figured something out. You've figured out a strategy. You haven't figured out the, you know, you, you haven't been out there to try to figure out the algorithm or figure out how to, you know, how to take over YouTube, but right. you figured out how to be who you want to be and also make money at the same time. Yeah. Well, it, yeah, I think you have to make a decision. Are you making content for people or are you making it for numbers? And if you're making it for numbers, you will be changing all the time because then to, in order to garner those numbers, you've got to follow what the algorithm is doing and you got to follow, oh, Instagram just put out this press release. Uh, we got to change everything we're doing to make sure this works. Like, seriously? Like, no, I'm going to make the stuff I'm going to make. I'm going to make the content I'm going to make. And then maybe over time, make changes uh, if I feel like it's really beneficial. Um, but I'm not going to, you know, bow to the, the, the will of the algorithm every time a slight change is made. Uh, so I don't know. Again, like I said, this may be detrimental advice. I got to be honest, because I, I know it's hard to climb from from if you're coming in at the, the beginning of, of this, uh, you know, this growth curve. How do you get noticed? How do you get those you know extra boosts? There are totally valid totally reasonable ways to do that and people probably should look into them but you know for me i just feel like it's a trap it, it just becomes making content for content's sake as opposed to making content just because it's your your heart is in it and you know people are going to like it people are going to get something out of it okay i that <laughs> i don't i mean i don't even know that there's a you know that there's really much to follow yeah. up with that i mean it's just <laughs> it's it was that good <laughs> thank you good night yeah. Drop the beetle. I'll be here. I'll be here yeah, all week. Right. <laughs> so, Martina, um, closing thoughts or our? I mean, I think that's pretty. I think that's pretty dang spot I on. I definitely feel like a lot of what you said is kind of where I'm at mentally with social media and everything like that. With incorporating family life, don't let it consume you and everything, um, and then trying to teach people like what I'm doing like this is how I made this piece type stuff um so it's definitely good to hear that you can have success like being true to yourself and not falling into the game and the time suck of social media so definitely yeah it's been a good chat I wish my connection was better so I could have heard the whole chat but I will replay this on Wednesday when oh, we release no. it so <laughs> so I'll have I'll have uh, you now you've got access you've got yeah, access so to I the can edit, get so I'll you'll, have, you know, you know I'll get knowledge bombs twice so it's okay but there I definitely you appreciate nice. you coming you on and you know preaching your wisdom and how you've stayed true to yourself and everything it's definitely it's good advice and I think everyone can take something away from this call I appreciate that guys thank you so much Yes, thank you. Thank you for being on. Thank you for sharing your time with us. I know sharing time, uh, especially on a weekend when you have kids, is uh, is quite difficult. Hopefully, they're still yeah. sleeping or they're oh, watching no, no, no. television. I've, I've seen my daughter, my daughter run by in her underwear about three or yeah. four times right now. So okay, <laughs> so with her, with her dog, there's something two feet behind. Her. <laughs> so there's something either spilled or dropped in your house yeah. somewhere. I'm yeah, imagining. just a typical typical Saturday. <laughs> Well, we can let you get back to enjoying your family time. We really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Yeah. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. You have a wonderful weekend, and uh, it'll be up on Wednesday, so we'll, we'll let you know. I'll look for it. All right. All right. Thank you, man. Yep. Take care. All right. Thanks. Thank you for listening to today's show. As a continued listener, we greatly appreciate your feedback, your input, and just downloading the episode every week. If you're a new listener... Thank you for hopping on, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And we also hope that you continue to join along with us every week as we'll put out new podcasts covering all sorts of Maker topics. Also, be sure to check out MakerVisionPodcast.com, where we'll post valuable resources, tips, tricks, and Maker swag, including stickers, because, you know, makers love stickers. And we'll do this to help your Maker Vision become a Maker Reality. If you have any questions, suggestions, or any general input about this particular episode or previous episodes, you can reach out to our podcast email at makervisionpodcast at gmail.com, or you can reach us on our Instagram, and that's makervisionpodcast. Even better, you can reach out to us directly through my personal Instagram, that is Old South Woodcraft, Trevor's personal Instagram, Maker Experiment and the personal Instagram of our newest co-host, Martina, at Naughty by Nature Designs. 
She also runs the Maker Vision Podcast Instagram account, so if you have questions, you can reach out to her either way, and she'll be happy to help. Also, if you really enjoyed today's episode, or even if you didn't enjoy, enjoy today's episode, let us know. Give us a review. Hopefully it's a five-star review to show us that, hey, we've been doing good, but if you didn't, tell us what you didn't like about it, because we're happy to hear from you either way. And once again, thank you for being a listener, and we hope to see you next week. 